You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. The Hunter's Advantage podcast is powered by Out on a Limb Manufacturing. Out on a Limb is a family-owned company based right here in Oklahoma that makes tree stands, saddle platforms, climbing sticks, and so much more. Christian, I have a quick question. What's that? What bites sound harder, a hippo or an alligator? No idea. It's a trick question. The Ridge Runner 2.0 bites harder than both of them. But all jokes aside, we use these products all across the land on public or private. These help us get into any tree we want and hunt where the deer actually are. Most men go to the grocery store for their meat, but these products help you go to God's grocery store. I have used the Out on a Limb Ridge Runner 2.0 and the Shakar Sticks for the last few years hunting public land bucks, and I've actually shot several bucks out of this setup. If you want to support the podcast and get some Out on a Limb equipment, make sure to go to outonalimmfg.com and use code HNTA10 for 10% off at checkout. Once again, if you want to support the podcast... Go to outonalimmfg.com and use code HNTA10 at checkout for 10% off. Now let's get back to the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hunter's Advantage podcast. Today I'm joined by a guest, not a special guest, but a guest, Gabe Foley. What's up, dude? How's it going, Christian? Thank you for having me back. Long Good. time to see. Yeah, I haven't seen you in like four days or something. I know. Long time, very long I like that new hat you got on, though. I know, dude. It kind of fits me pretty well, actually. Pretty well. <laughs> I, I didn't know you were a rope hat guy, but that, that deer uh, kind of looks familiar, doesn't it? I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that deer a time or two. Yeah, yeah. How was uh? So I alluded to it in the last podcast episode uh, that we put out on Friday, but uh, Gabe and I just went on a muley slash whitetail mission out in Nebraska. We got to spend, I think, six days out in Nebraska, and it was really fun. Gabe's first out-of-state hunt at all. Flew to Texas, drove all the way to Nebraska. What were you? How, how was your How was your trip to uh, to Texas? Let's start. Let's it, start there. It was uh, it was crazy. It was pretty sweet. Well, to Texas, I'm never moving there. That's the worst day ever. I don't know how any of you live there. I mean, 105 degrees, like you can't even roll the windows down and feel good it's absolutely miserable like i'm not even lying uh i was sweating the whole time like i feel like everybody just smells there to be quite honest <laughs> but like i don't know ohio to texas that was crazy but texas to nebraska that was really nice because me and christian actually were not expecting it but it was actually really cool i feel like it felt really good that week oh yeah well we uh so we had planned on doing this um Gabe got a tag. I bought a tag. Nebraska switched this year. I guess they had one of the lowest harvests uh, in recorded history last year. So they started limiting the amount of non-resident tags to like 3,000. So we got on, bought one over the counter. Uh, what's cool about Nebraska is they do have whitetail and muley together. So you buy that one deer tag and it's kind of good for either one of them. So that was kind of sweet. Uh, the plan was to go out, Gabe to film me, for me to shoot a mule deer and then a switch and me film him. The plan did not go according <laughs> to plan but let's just uh let's briefly talk a little bit about the trip so we we typically do we do these hunt talk episodes where we go on hunts then we come back and we kind of just do it like real and raw format we just talk exactly what happened on the hunt chronologically 
and talk about lessons learned, that sort of stuff, things we do different. So if you guys are familiar with Hunt Talk episodes, that's what this one is going to be. And we've done many of those in the past. So I think it's Hunt Talk episode 20 is what it, would this one actually be. But so we headed to uh, headed to Nebraska from Texas, woke up on that Sunday, shot bows for a little bit in the 105 degree heat. You, you quickly, you quickly probably saw why people don't like shooting their bows. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we got, I think we left here about noon. Yeah. We got some canes. Absolutely. That was good. That yeah. Was good. And then we drove, drove to Nebraska. I think it was like a 15 hour drive, something like that. Uh, got yeah. into Nebraska 2 a.m. Yeah. It was, it was late. Super late. Well, I taught Gabe one of my, so I've got some tricks of the trade on the travel hunting stuff. So I know how to sleep and where to sleep. So we pulled up into this nice gas station. You don't do a sketchy one. You do a nice one. Pulled up in this nice gas station to get at least a few hours of sleep because we drove all that straight. I was wore out. I'm sure, I'm sure you were wore out too. And then we laid down and then immediately we had two goobers. <laughs> I forgot about this. Yeah. Yeah. You were the one that awake. It was awake. Yeah. What happened? So, Basically, we just had these two guys from like Christmas at like 2 a.m. all the way till when did we wake up? Like 6, 7 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. And these dudes were in the same exact spot. I mean, all night they were talking, laughing, just being absolutely obnoxious. I mean, I didn't fall asleep. I don't know how Christian did, but I mean, he woke up a couple times throughout the night. I was like, what is that noise? And it was just the people behind us just talking. And then eventually I like stared at them when sun came up. And as soon as they saw me, they uh, moved. But for four hours, they were just sitting there doing nothing except being talking. Loud. Yeah, talking. It was pretty frustrating. Yeah, they were just sitting there talking it up, doing their thing. Um, so typically, what happens is like when we make when I make that drive, like I'm not hunting that next morning. I usually like try to at least get some sleep because if you start out the trip tired, you end up like coasting through the trip tired the entire time. Yeah. But we went in, got some water, got some like snacks and stuff. And Gabe, you ran into somebody that had been hunting for a while. And what did he tell you? Oh, yeah. So, dude in the Sitka camo. So, I was like, oh, you're one of me. Oh, so oh he knows I what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, he's probably already shot one. What am I doing? So, <laughs> I walk up to him and I was like, what's up, man? You know, you uh, mule deer hunting. He was like, yeah, I am. And I was like, public land. He was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, seen anything? And he left. And he was like, actually, uh, yesterday we got really, really close to a buck. We put on the stalk, but didn't get it done. But... Um, we're going back out today for, I don't know why he wasn't out already. Uh, but he was at the gas station and he said that he was on one the night before he was with a buddy. They had some antelope tags and they said they'd been seeing deer, a lot of deer. They're hard to find, hard to get on them. And they'd been seeing a ton of people out. So that was kind of the odds we were dealing with, but he did say that he's been seeing deer. So that kind of gave us hope, honestly. So we were very excited to get on the road after that. Yeah. We pulled into the public, um, and then I bought a pair of like 15 power vortex binos, which were, I, I like went to Academy or to Academy and Bass Pro tried out spotting scopes. I could not get used to looking through one eye, like a pirate looking at stuff. So I just got a pair of like really, really, uh, high power binos with the vortex and in a tripod, uh, which ended up being pretty sweet, but we hiked in and, or we drove in and, uh, we saw five or six trucks driving to the first spot and we probably got half a mile in there got on a really good glass and knob. The plan was to just glass up one of these muleys, obviously get the wind right and try to put a stock on them, you know, uh, whether that was going to work or not. That, that was just at least the plan. We get to the first spot and what was it like 300 yards away? We saw some people. 
Yeah, honestly, it wasn't far at all. Are you talking yeah. about when they were going up top? Yeah. Yeah, but not but 300 yards. And we had just got in not even a mile yet and sat down at the first spot. Yeah, we saw those dudes. So we tried to do this big J hook, went on the other side of the ridge, went to the next ridge system, glass for a while. I'll tell you what, I had a lot of fun just sitting up on the knobs and glassing. I thought it was really cool to like try yeah. to pick out one in the shadows or pick out one moving, but that area had been affected by burn for not one year, but a couple years in a row. And it was pretty desolate as far as like cover goes. I mean, ton of cattle on this place. It had been burnt. I feel like any of the new growth that would have been there for a deer to really munch on was kind of trudged down by the cows. And we spent most of the day that day, probably six, six, seven hours glassing mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. And, didn't see much but a cow. Yeah, unfortunately. There was yeah. a ton of cows, like absolutely ton. And I hate cows personally. Uh, they freak me out. Yeah, why are you so scared of cows? All right, well, I think of it this way. If one of those things come charging at you, like that's 800 pounds versus 130, it's not going to go well. Like he's going to absolutely turn me into a pancake. So uh, I would have shot it for sure. I'm sorry. but I- <laughs> <laughs> Fresh beef. <laughs> exactly i mean here, look at it this way though like we were not starving if we had uh, no food out there that's for sure dude there were cows all over the place <laughs> yeah. holy moly uh now we we tried to we tried glassing at that first spot didn't do didn't do too well there didn't see an ounce of life besides a cow and then we start feeling the thunderstorm come in i mean it's it goes from like you're getting sunburnt we're out there taking a nap i remember waking up from the nap out there uh, there's nothing like taking a nap on the ground it's really fun but Amazing. out there i was like getting sunburnt waking up like quenched of thirst. <laughs> and then I would wake up and the next time we were on in the next ridge glassing, like it would get cool. It was super cool. And the rain, like it would start to get like black in the sky. And it was like, what, three, 4 PM. Like we had planned on yeah. glassing this alfalfa field for the rest yeah. of the night. It was not late. I mean, not too late. And that sucker hit fast. And it was <laughs> what a three mile walk back to the truck in blistering yeah. rain. Yeah. Uh, it was cold rain too, mind you, like very cold rain. And, and thunderstorms, yeah. lightning, wind, uh, the whole shebang, the whole Hurricane Katrina, basically. I mean, it felt like I'm, that in Nebraska. I've never been that wet in my life. Yeah, no. Oh, and yeah, mind you guys, we were planning on staying in the truck. Uh, or, uh, not getting wet because you know it's supposed to be like i don't know 70 80 90 degrees that whole week no wind nothing and then first day of the trip boots backpack clothes bow everything soaked literally everything so that was fantastic i had a i had my really nice rain gear that i bought several years ago that i never use of course in the in the freaking truck and it only weighs like a pound and a half two pounds so this is a good that's one of the lessons I learned immediately was always bring your rain gear. Yeah. Always. It would have been such a better walk on the way yeah. back. Got soaked to the bones, went back, ate some Jimmy John's, <laughs> slept for a little bit. And then we were like, okay, let's go back, try a different area in the morning. So we just, what we did is after we ate, we went back to the, and drove into a new parking area and we were going to go to a different area of this, uh, of this public and so we slept there. I slept in the back. You slept in the, I slept with the air mattress. You slept in the front, in the front seat and about froze. Yeah, it was freezing. I don't even know why. That's the thing. Like I said, guys, it was supposed to be 80 degrees this whole week. And then 
all of a sudden, temps dropping. And it was probably like 50, 60 degrees throughout the night. And I ended up wrapping myself in all of my camo that I brought to keep me warm because Christian had the four sleeping bags, three pillows, four sleepers. There was one <laughs> bag. Yeah, he, he was comfortable. It was a good one, though. I can it tell you, all. it was a really good sleeping bag. Yeah. Uh, now, so we woke up that next morning. Uh, we went out, probably got. Uh, we w- were walking in and when in one of those deep cedar cuts that we as we were walking in like way too deep to go up and down on the other mm-hmm. side so we just kind of end up walking on one we're gonna get up to a glassy now we started finding sign like there was yeah uh, there was hair there was crap we found some actual real tracks we kept thinking we were finding tracks the day before but could never really confirm if there were or weren't uh this time we really found deer sign we're like okay awesome this is this is sweet uh, we went in probably another half a mile, got on a little knob, started glassing. And I was texting back and forth with my buddy Jake Ayers. And he was like, you know, if I were you, we like we were uh, crazily enough. One of the guys uh, that we parked in a parking lot with actually is a was a follower on Instagram. And so we started messaging back and forth. And and we were talking with this guy. I want to find his name because he might listen to the might listen to the podcast too. He's from Oklahoma, small world. Yeah, Marcus Sukup, S-O-U-K-U-P. Uh, he ended up shooting one on private land up there, which was awesome. But um, Marcus was there, and we started kind of texting back and forth on Instagram. like, And they were just seeing does, no bucks. And I'm, my buddy Jake was like, you know what? You should get on and talk to some of the biologists about like area, like uh, deer air, uh, numbers in that area. Called one of them, and they were like, they're out there. It's like, are you sure? They were like, yeah, there's the numbers are really, really low. I'm like, okay. They're like, a few get killed out on public each year. I'm like, a few? This is a massive state. What do you mean a few mule deer get killed on public every year? And so I talked to one biologist, then I talked to another one. And then what happened on our way back to the truck? We ran into like, I don't know, what was it, four of them? And the sheep biologist of that zone too? Yeah, we ran into the sheep biologist for the state. We ran into like four, three or four other biologists and we talked to them and what, what we had two different conversations. You were talking to the girl and the guy and the sheep biologist on one side. I was talking to another guy on the other side. What were they telling you in your conversation? So I asked them basically like if they'd been seeing any deer or anything like that. And then the one guy actually happens to be running trail cameras back there the whole year to like keep up with all the deer and just like the health and the herd and everything. And he said that he hasn't even got a single picture of a buck on camera the whole year. Not a single one. He was like, a couple miles down the road, I've seen some uh, on private land on my private land. But over on this public land, absolutely none at all. And then the sea biologist also said that they haven't been seeing much either at all. And they said that the guys that have been coming there don't see much. And that they also maybe will come out with one or two a year. And then we didn't even know this at first, but... You can't, you couldn't even kill a doe on uh, private land, mule deer or public land, mule deer wise. So that goes to show how, uh, you know, low the numbers were that year. They were, it was terrible in that zone at least. Well, and they said the whole state had been struggling, which makes sense. They limited the tag sales. I totally understand that. But what they were saying was it was a combination of a few things and why the mule deer were struggling in Nebraska. It was predation. Um, there'd been a lot of fire. Uh, I think they said they had harsh winners yeah. uh, too. And then they drought. said, yeah, drought. Uh, they said their fawn survival was not good. I know mule deer does actually produce less fawns than whitetail does too. Like they don't really have twins very often. Uh, the so, lions. 
Lions. Oh, you said that. Yeah, there's a lot of there was a lot of compounding issues uh, in Nebraska for mule deer, and it being one of the only true over the counter mule deer states left, it also gets a ton of uh, human hunting like hunting pressure. So there was a lot of things working against, and so one thing I've learned in hunting is there's a time to stay and push through, and there's a time to pivot. And after talking to those folks and we, I remember talking to the sheep biologist and he was like, uh, uh, that one biologist was asking him, he's like, you know, any other places that would have any? And he was like, Oh, at this other place, I saw like five does once. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, we're talking about thousands and thousands of acres. And they were like, no, I haven't really seen any. And these are guys who live in that area live it day in and day out. They study the animals. Like that's their job. Every and day. We were like, let's, let's head to a different part of the state. So we packed up shop and we were fully prepared to go maybe on a whitetail mission, you know, depending on if we saw a whitetail or saw a muley. And, uh, so it was that morning. So it was morning at day two, halfway through day two, we had hunted a day and a half and we were headed back. Uh, to a different part of the state. What uh, what happened from there? Um, so Christian, do you mean to jump into that? No, no, no. We traveled over, and then uh, yeah, yeah, we traveled over, and then what happened? We we scouted that evening. Uh, uh oh yeah, 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 yeah. So we uh, went to this other private spot or public spot, and we scouted it, and we actually got on this like fence road or whatever actually before that we were driving to that and we did see our first mule deer in the area and we thought there was only white tail right yeah didn't think that we'd see any uh mule deer in this area and then we seen a buck right on the side of the road. road there was like a forky yeah mm -hmm. mule deer forky right there and then that gave us a lot of luck or not luck i hope we were like okay well let's you know let's go see if there's any uh mule deer on the public so then we found this one public spot that your buddy actually found a shed on so we got some intel on that and then we uh glassed that we walked on the fence row kind of like on the border of private and public and we glassed that for the whole evening and didn't i mean we didn't see much at all actually i don't think yeah i know right. we didn't see anything right before dark we went got back in the truck and we're like all right let's drive around let's see if we can see anything and we saw some white-tailed does on public mm -hmm. running yeah. into like a cornfield or something yeah like that. we've seen a couple of those but those were a couple miles down the road but um, yeah. that also gave us a little bit of a hope too, that there was more deer. Cause overall we were seeing way more deer sign well, than obviously dude, we deer. We hadn't seen a deer the entire yeah. day and a yeah. half walking seven, eight miles, glassing <laughs> all day. And then we drive over to this other spot. We see one on a corner and we see some running across on the road and there's standing corn everywhere. There's deep cedar cuts and we're like, okay, we can work with this. Yeah. I've been using the new Exodus rival cell camera for the last couple months and I have found a beautiful mainframe eight point with tons of stickers to go after this fall Ooh. one thing i do appreciate about exodus trail cameras is all of the cameras share the same data plans so you only pay for what you need a lot of cell cam companies charge you for hd pictures i've seen prices of five dollars for 50 hd pics exodus is going to give you unlimited hd pictures right to your phone which is awesome when you're sitting there in the middle of the summer and it's 100 degrees and you just want to binge a bunch of trail cam photos if you're looking for a solid cell camera with great performance and a five-year no bs warranty go check them out. So as we all know, hunting gear is something people can make way too complicated. Arrows can be the exact same way. 
Instead of going down all those rabbit holes, trying to sift through the endless information that's online, and you're not really sure if it's right or wrong, Exodus makes it simple to get the right arrow for your exact setup. So go online to the Exodus Arrow Builder. It takes less than a minute. You're gonna enter your draw weight, your draw length, and how heavy of a point you're shooting. And it's gonna be that simple. Let the guys at Exodus take care of the rest. So if you're interested in Exodus Rival cell cameras or a new set of their MMT arrows, just go to exodusoutdoorgear.com and use code HA15 for 15% off anything on the website. Once again, that is exodusoutdoorgear.com. Use code HA15 at checkout for 15% off. Now let's get back to the podcast. I was like, okay, let's get a hotel. Let's get a hotel this night. At least be able to take a shower because your clothes were wet. Yep. My clothes are wet. Boots are wet. You wore your Air Jordans. The one we went out to <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> went out to scout the next day. So we're like, all right, let's get a hotel one night. And my plan was to get a hotel one night, get showered. One good night's rest will change your, your entire trip. Oh. But I'm like, all right, let's get a good night's rest and let's go after it in the morning. Well, this is where the trip starts to take a turn. For the worst. Yeah. Uh, what did we eat the night before? McDonald's guys do not eat that. That's no. what you think. That's what it was. I think it will think of, kind of think of it this way. Small town in the middle of nowhere. McDonald's. What can go wrong? Let's be real. I mean, what we could have ate could have been sitting there for the past three and a half years. All we could have done. I mean, they probably get all of 12 customers in a month and we just happen to be that 12 customer. Yeah. Um, well, we ate McDonald's like, and you know, when you're on the road, you're travel hunting across the United States, you go to some small towns and you eat some sketchy things out of gas stations. <laughs> stuff on roller grills that no one should ever eat. <laughs> no. Stuff from small fast food places that people should never eat. So we eat the McDonald's. We go into the hotel and we let, I, I mean, I get this hotel. Of course, it's like a, you think a cheap hotel. It's like $85 a night <laughs> and it's like a piece of crap, two star motel. Bugs and in the bed. We bring all, yeah, we bring all of our crap in because we don't want anything to get stolen. And I'm thinking, okay, we'll wake up about five. We'll drive out, get up on one of these knobs by these cedar cuts, and we'll just start glassing. That'll be the plan. And what happened was we uh, – I woke up the next morning at like 6 a.m., and I was like – it felt like I was laying on a meteor. My <laughs> stomach hurt so – it was just – you ever just sit there and your stomach moves? Yeah. Like it just yes. moves? Without like my, doing anything. Like my stomach was just like rolling me in the bed, moving around, and I was like <laughs> – Huh. And I remember it was like 745 or something like that. I think you did you ask me if, if we were going hunting that morning? Yeah, I was like, you about ready to go up because someone's already up. And I was like, we just seen do yesterday. Let's go out. You know, let's see if we can't find any. And he was still in bed. I didn't know why, but I was just going with the flow. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I mean, it's good that you were you were just going with the flow. And I woke up. I think you were on the phone. Yeah. With Ty or someone? Yeah, I was talking to Ty. Okay, you were talking to Ty. He heard all Ty. of this. <laughs> Did he hear me? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so you're on the phone with Ty, and I don't say a word. I get out of bed, and I just walk up to the bathroom and puke like four times. And I'm like, dude, I am sick as a dog. Sick as a dog. I puke and puke and puke. And at one point... I'll TMI, but since we're 185 episodes into this podcast, these people want to probably don't care, but I'm going to tell them anyways. <laughs> I was 
going number two and puking at the same time. And I don't know if anyone's ever felt that feeling, but it's pretty helpless. I puked like 12 times. I counted. And then I wanted to start counting how many times I went to the bathroom. And I went to the bathroom 60 times. <laughs> you guys should have heard the sounds. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. Like sick as a dog. So that day I laid in bed, did absolutely nothing, turned to the AC to 60 degrees, did, did not a thing, didn't eat barely drank anything and basically threw you the keys. And what, what'd you, what'd you do on from there? Uh, so the, uh, night before fast forward on our day, we drove past the public and marked a pin on it or whatever, cause it looked pretty good or whatever. So, uh, I asked Christian as he was in bed, I was like, you think I should maybe go check that spot out? So, um, I did. Um, so I drove out there and um, I pulled in the parking lot or whatever. I did some glass, you know, I didn't see much, but I got there like I think it was getting dark at like 7 30, and I got there at like 6 45 because I mean it was a 40 minute drive to the public, so I got there late. Um, and I glass didn't see much or whatever, and I drove around and I actually seen a lot of deer. And I glassed a easily 150 inch white tail on private land, and on, I mean on it what? was a cut stuff. alfalfa, yeah. So he was feeding on the alfalfa, um, with another small buck. and he was a giant. I, I got some video of him, absolutely horrible video, but he was running away. And so then I marked a pin on them or whatever. And it was as a crow flies a mile and a half away from the public land that we had uh, glass me and Christian the night before. So I was thinking maybe not in the night or whatever that it would be on uh, that deer would go over there. But I was just thinking that, you know, these deer are moving in the area or whatever. So maybe that public land might be pretty good. So about that time or whatever, it was pretty late and then got dark or whatever. So I actually ended up just driving home after I texted Christian that. And, um, then Christian, how were you feeling at in the evening when I got back? Cause Terrible. we were thinking, we were thinking he was going to be better too. Cause he so, was like, yeah, you, you usually throw up a few times and you're like, okay, I did. I feel a lot better. I just had mm -hmm. something I ate. This was worse. That was not one of those kind of stomach bugs. Like it was one of the ones that lasted multiple, multiple days. Like usually you eat something bad, you throw up, you're good. No, my stomach, like I still felt pregnant for <laughs> like the next three or four days. And so I was still laying in bed and you're like, I remember you came in, you're like, you think you're gonna be able to go in the morning? And I'm like, I'll try. I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. And I woke yep. up the next morning. You're like, you want to go? And I was like, nope. No. Threw you the keys again. Just kept going to the bathroom. Yep. Didn't drink any, couldn't drink anything. Couldn't eat anything. At one point, you brought me a burger and fries, and I ate four fries, and I tried to bite into the burger, and I just put it back in the sack. I said, how the burger? How was the burger, Christian? He goes, looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it looked, yeah, it looked, it looked like fantastic uh, to eat, and it smelled good, but couldn't eat it. So you went out. Uh, you ended up going out the second – so your second day, which would have been in day four of the actual yep. trip, uh, you went out, and what did you see that day? So this was – arguably my best day of hunting actually so i actually went into a uh the public land that i uh scouted the night before glass didn't see any deer but there was no cars here or whatever so i was like let's give it a shot and then i think it was about 450 acres and i didn't see any trucks on there so i was like let's go with it i went in blindfolded didn't know anything about it and uh right away so i seen these pines and i kind of noticed how the uh, land was laid out is it was a deep ridge right in the middle. It dropped down and all around was just uh, fields and then pines all the way down. Like there was no other. They were cedars. Pines. Yeah. Cedars. My bad. Yeah. yeah. They look um, like pines. 
I, same thing in my opinion. In yeah, you're from Ohio. You got <laughs> Cedars. So um, thick as crap. So I found this one opening as I was uh, walking down, and um, I dropped in onto that kind of this grass mound, and I was just sitting there. And I actually, right in front of me, 120 yards, there was two mulier doe bedded down right there on the side, um, laying under those cedars in the shaded area. And they saw me, and they stood up right away, and we just had a staring match for like. 20 minutes and they didn't do anything and i kind of like snuck behind the uh, little hill or whatever because i wanted to uh, go above them and go around and see if i couldn't sneak behind them and so they kind of moseyed off into the back where the uh, tall grass went because it flattened out in the back so i did that same thing and i just worked around the cedars all the way around probably quarter mile all the way around and on the back side of it it you know it gets pretty hilly the sand hills so i got um not on the very top of one of the sand hills but um, just on the side of it and I was sneaking around it and I got up top to glass and guys, this is a little tip for you guys. I, I've never been out, you know, glassing, trying to spawn stock or anything, but I got on the side of this ridge or hill. I thought I was in the best spot hidden as can be everything. I sat there glass and right away I seen a coyote running straight at me and with, he was like 150 yards away and he stops dead and looks right at me and just busts me right away. And in my head, I was thinking I was in the best spot ever couldn't be seen and this coyote seen me right away so in my head i was like okay if he can see me this dick can see me so i actually packed everything up and i moved down and why why could they see you like you were skylined so i don't even i think i was borderline skyline because i was uh like it's two ridges two hills like went like this together and i was like right in the middle of the side of them and mm -hmm. he was running right at me and he just stopped and just stared at me and i was pretty pretty upset about that but I think I was just sticking out, honestly, and my wind was good. It was blowing right in my face. Um, but I don't know what these are, but there's like these little berries out there. You know what they're called. Um, uh, yeah, it's uh, service berries. Yeah, so there was these were everywhere, guys. And at first, I didn't know what they were or anything or they were a food source at all. But I seen a patch of them, so I was walking along them, and I got probably 40 yards in it, and I was 20 yards, and I jumped a deer right away, jumped right in front of my face. And it was a white-tailed doe, and she probably got 30 yards from me. I drew just because I didn't know what it was right away. Got to full draw, and all I could see was the neck, and it was a doe. And honestly, I was going to shoot, not even going to lie. If I could have seen the full body, I was probably just going to shoot just because how the trip had been going and everything. First out-of-state hunt. Um, and I feel like it would have been cool, you know, kill a deer in Nebraska. But um, I let her go, and I started walking again, and I don't know, 30, 40 yards, right away, boom, jumped another doe right away. And I drawed on her again, full draw, 20 yards. All I could see was the neck and above. Because these berries, I mean, they're probably four or five foot. They're they're pretty tall. Like, they were up to here on me, uh, walking through, and they're as thick as can be. Um, so imagine what it looks like on a deer. But after that, um, I don't even know where they went because on the cedars or whatever, it drops down. Like, um, on this edge, it drops straight down, probably about 20 foot. And I stuck on the behind because I was thinking they dropped into there. And once I dropped down into there, I didn't see him again. But cool thing was about how this land laid out is it dropped down and it used to be an old uh, river bottom. So at least that's what it said on Onyx. I had a waterway running right through it. So a um, bunch of tall uh, grass, CRP, um, tons of vegetation in this bottom. Um, so I actually ended up moving um, all along the bottom. Uh, the rest of the evening i probably walked that about three miles all the way to the top and once i got to the top it was getting pretty dark so i ended up walking back and going back home 
uh, for that evening. And then um, do you want me to jump forward into the next morning? Yeah, uh, I just I did briefly want to talk about that spot. So this cut that in the sand hills, there's like these deep cuts and they have like cedars in them. So there's really good bedding and vegetation down in them. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of ag in that area. There was, it's one of the things I talked about when I was talking about this on wired to hunt was there was like, like we were saying, you saw that big buck on cut alfalfa. We saw mm-hmm. some deer on that stuff. Uh, the previous time when we were driving around and then, um, there was a lot of standing corn. So like these cuts, I'm sure, uh, that private land to the South of where you were hunting, I'm sure those deer were working up and down yeah. going to that alfalfa, um, on the private. So, I think you getting on top of it, working either side of it with the right wind, you were probably just catching them going to and fro mm-hmm. and to and fro. Um, but yeah, that, so that was your, that was your day four came home. Hey, we're going to hunt in the morning. <laughs> nope. I'm still nope. sick. Still feel terrible. I got really by day three of me laying in bed, I got really dehydrated, did not have a single vein in my arm. Like, and at this point, I'm like, I need to go to the freaking hospital. I look up urgent cares, not an urgent care. There's not a hospital within like an hour of, <laughs> of there. So I'm like, awesome. Sounds, sounds great. So, um, anyways, you go out day five. So I didn't go out that morning at all, actually. So I went out that evening. Um, cause that's when I, yeah. So I went out that evening. Um, so I went to the same public spot again, cause I was like, I seen all these deer. Why wouldn't I go? So um, I went out there and immediately I got into the backside because the wind was blowing straight, uh, straight toward the back. So I wanted to get in behind so that way I could uh, glass all that bottom and they might be spooked at all. So I went on the backside and I got up top and uh, I was glassing, 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 nothing. Uh, so that was about 630. So the first spot, I didn't see anything. Um, and then after that, I walked to the very, I walked about a mile to the backside, kind of, I could see the parking lot. I could see my car from this spot. It was only about 300 yards off from where the parking lot is. So I climbed up uh, on top and I was sitting next to this falling down pine or cedar. And I was glassing and just right before dark, uh, about 15 minutes before dark, two mule deer bucks came out and they were feeding on the side of the sand hill, working full their way up full velvet would have got shot for sure. Um, they're about a hundred, like I said, about 150 yards, uh, working their way further away. And like I said, 10 minutes before dark and in my head, I didn't really want to put on a stalk or anything because I didn't want to spook them. And I still had one more full day to hunt and the way that they were moving. I just, it, there was no cover. I mean, absolutely nothing. I mean, there's a lot of tall grass out there, but for some reason where they were going towards it just kind of was no tall grass right there. So I figured it would be best just pack up for the night, wash them, get some cool video, and then go to come back tomorrow and see if I can't get them off the bed. So that's what I did. I uh, packed everything up and I came back to the motel. And Christian, want to hunt? I even showed him. Yeah. This, this goes to show how sick he was, though. I even showed him videos of these bucks and everything, and he was like, "Dude, those are great, like, but I, dude, I'm too sick." Well, you, I, that's what I've been using as the example to explain how sick I was. Imagine having two velvet mule deer bucks. You drove 15 hours and your buddy says, Hey, do they're 150 yards away. And you say, yeah, I can't hunt. <laughs> that's how sick I was. Like I was not even worried about a deer. Um, I was like, my mom was texting me going mama bear mode. And she's like, well, I'll come get you if you want me to. I'll come get you. And I'm like, I'm fine. It's whatever. Like I tried to drink, I drank like 50 ounces of water and like a little bit of Gatorade that day. And, uh, I was like, dude, 
I need to go to the hospital. And I was like, I want you to still be able to hunt though. Like I still want you to be able to hunt. Well, where we were in Nebraska wasn't like extremely far from my parents in Oklahoma. And, um, I was like, come get me. I told my mom, I was like, if you want to, uh, if you want to come get me, come get me. And she's like, okay, I'm on my way. So you got to hunt day six. Yep. My mom literally came and got me. She volunteered. Don't feel bad for her. Folks. Uh, she told me, so she came and got me. And my intention was I'm going to the hospital. Like I woke up day four, that sickness. And I was like, I'm going to go to the hospital. Uh, and you can hunt. So I left you my keys and you used to still want hunting that day. Yep. So this would have been Friday then. Um, last day of Saturday, the trip. Friday or Saturday? No, Friday. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Friday. Um, so last day of the trip, whatever. So like you said, Christian packed up and left. Uh, I left it before him though. So I left around 5 a.m. Cause I wanted to get out there, like lick a dawn, like, or crack a dawn. Um, and, um, get out there before the sun was up. So I get same spot. I was the night before and see if these deer got up off their feet again. And I went there and of course they weren't there. And I glassed there for about an hour two hours at that spot and they weren't there. So I moved uh, to the backside again, which I've, I've been seeing deer, you know, the past three days. So I went back there and as soon as I got on the backside, I seen two mule deer doe again. And I sat there watching them doing their thing. And I also seen two white tailed doe far behind me, probably about 300 yards away, 400 yards away, just doing their thing in the field. And by that time I'd been glassing for, another probably about two hours so it was about 10 o'clock then and um after those mule deer doe went back to bed um i moved down to the ridge again and i didn't see anything again so i think it was about 11 o'clock then and i had like an eight hour drive so i decided to just invest to pack everything up and hit the road to oklahoma and go get christian sick boy yeah yeah that's that's sometimes how the cookie crumbles i mean what uh yeah. so how many deer did you see in total on public land while you were hunting? Uh, I seen about 12. Total. Okay. So double digits. So you got to hunt three or four days solo. We didn't see a single deer on public when I was hunting. And yeah. then we, you got to hunt three or four days solo, saw 12 uh, deer, oh, a good mix. Too. Yeah. A good mix of muley, a good mix of whitetail. Mm -hmm. What, uh, how was your first out of state hunt compared to your expectations besides, besides me? getting sick i mean you can um, basically act like i wasn't even there it was fun it was very very fun it was completely different guys because i'm used to like saddle i hunt out of saddle i hunt over ag fields i hunt in big timber corn i even piles hunt, come on yeah yeah no, come on now corn, i do throw a lot of corn out there about 400 pounds um but besides that like i've never I never really hunted public land too, to be quite honest with you. And Ohio guys, there's a lot of deer. I'm not even going to lie. So I'm used to seeing a ton of deer. Numbers are high. So going out to a place where the numbers are low and nobody was seeing deer. I mean, there's other people in public land we had talked to a little bit that they weren't seeing too many deer either. I mean, it was a whole new ball game. I've never been spotted and stalking before. I've never used the binders that much. I've never walked that much. Um, so it was a whole new experience, but it was everything that I expected it to be besides Christian being sick. And I loved it. I really did. I mean, it was a blast. The scenery was amazing. I mean, the amount of dub you got to saw out there was crazy. I mean, oh, you, dude, you were, you were getting 000. like a, you're getting a stiffy for the dove out there. 
oh my goodness, I love dove hunting, guys, and there's none here. So I was seeing a ton of dove out there, um, a good amount of deer too, and it was just a completely different, you know, country. And um, so it was just absolutely beautiful out there and absolutely amazing. And thank you, Christian, for taking me too. Yeah, I mean, I had a, I'd love to say I had a good time. I had a good time for the first 36 <laughs> hours of the trip. It was fun. Um, Nebraska season, I think, goes all the way till the end of December. So depending on what happens, I'd love to get back out to Nebraska. It, it There are deer to be killed. Mm-hmm. Are there many mule deer to be killed? No. Are there okay. some whitetail to be killed? Yeah, absolutely there are. So uh, I think people know there's good deer in Nebraska. There's no secret about that. So I would love to go back to Nebraska and get one, one again. I mean, the second that I felt better, I was like, man, I wish I could get back in the car and go back. Yeah. But it was, uh, God did not have, uh, that in my plans this time. And I mean, to be honest too, I feel like we were talking, it was really good that I went out and did what I did. Cause I put a ton of pins down. Um, we, we know where deer are now too. I mean, that's half the battle is knowing where the deer are in public land out of state. You, you're kind of going in blindfolded, not even knowing if there's going to be deer there. And the fact that we got on deer, we know where to go now. That's a huge advantage already. So that's something we didn't have before. Well, and it's a it's an, it's a good point. It's an iterative process. Like you go the first time you get your teeth kicked in, but you get, get a little bit of Intel. You go the second time you get beat, but you get a little bit until third time you get beat. You back, you back the fourth time and you're like, they're, they better do not do anything resembling what they've done before. I've got them. Mm-hmm. Like you put the pieces together. It's hard to put the pieces together when it's 12 plus hours away. But when you spend four or five, six days hunting, I'm glad you still got to go out because you got to go put some of those pieces together. Did we know we're in a good area? Yeah. From driving the roads, you can decide if you're in a good area, but you got to put kind of the more specific stuff together. And mm-hmm. that's one of the good, that's a good thing about going and hunting with multiple people is you can look at different things. If one guy goes down, you still can hunt, you still can get Intel. You, so it was, I feel like it was still, still a good trip, a good learning experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, it's an hour prayer coming back here to hunt, you know, 16, what is it? 14? Yeah. 16 days from our opener. And I'm never going to complain about another walk again or anything or not seeing uh, deer, mind you. Yeah. It's not the Midwest. No, it's not. But I mean, I would love to get back out there though. I mean, I kind of already miss it because I mean, once you leave right away, you're thinking about it again, kind of been like, what can I do this time that I didn't do last time? And you're just putting the puzzle, um, puzzle together, like you said, because eventually might not be this year, maybe next year or something like that, you know, you can get one on the ground, which is what it's, you know, all about. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, I've been in Nebraska twice now. I went one to like a late season muzzleloader and then I went this one where I got to hunt like one day, but I've got a bone to pick with Nebraska. They're <laughs> on my, they're on my crap list and oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to stay mad at a deer in Nebraska. I still want to kill a mule deer on public land with a bow. I think it's possible, uh, and maybe uh, maybe we'll be able to do it sometime. But I'd love to tell you guys a forty minute story about me having food poisoning, and that's basically what <laughs> I did. But uh, that's all I got on Nebraska. It was fun. I learned a lot. Spot and stock glassing. I enjoy that kind of hunting. I think it's very mm-hmm. different. I think uh, people should do it. They should try it. Uh, especially a lot of you Midwestern folks. Gabe's was definitely a uh, Gabe was shooketh with uh, <laughs> the style, but. No, it was, a, it was a really good time. I'm glad we got to do it, uh, and I hope to do it again. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, we got deer season, actual 
deer season coming up. I'm ready. I'm ready. The uh, the velvet's coming off. Are you you ready for whitetail season? Oh, the velvet's making me a little sad. Um, yeah, I'm ready. I'm I put in more work this year than I ever have, honestly. And mm-hmm. I got I got some decent deer that I have. So we'll see if I can get on them this year. Um, I'm I'm very excited. I'm not even gonna lie, guys. Don't even get me started with it because I'll stay here for 30 minutes talking about whitetail. Um, it's gonna yeah. be a great year, though. That's for sure. Lots in store. I hope so. I've heard it's been so hot across maybe not the Midwest this fall, but just the South that I've heard of people having some of the worst trail cam years they've ever had. And that we've had good trail cam picks for like a little bit. And then we'll have none for like eight days and then we'll have decent ones for a day and then we'll have none for eight days. And I, I chalk a lot of that up to like the movement and the, just the temperatures. We have more hundred degree days than I can ever remember. And it's a, it's been a tough summer, uh, in that regard, but I think there's good bucks to be had. You definitely have some good bucks to be had. If you, uh, if you had to give, let's say you, you come back on the podcast at the end of the fall, if you had to give the, uh, the HA community one prediction for the fall, what, what are you going to end up doing with your bow this fall? Which buck are you going to shoot? How's it going to happen? If you had to guess. If I had to guess, I'm going to kill Paps. Um, should I sh- should I show a little? Well, they won't see it. This is gonna be yeah, you can just mind. you can just tell them. Um, so Paps, I got this deer. He's a probably mainframe 40s, 50s, 10 pointers, but he's got like 10, 15 inches of junk. He's got like this cool double mean that splits coming off his front. So it's the biggest deer that I've ever seen, and the reason. I call him Paps just because my papa that got me into this. This is the biggest deer I've seen since he passed away. So that's kind of why I've just named it Paps. And it's on my papa's farm too, which is kind of the cool thing. Um, so um, I'm predicting to kill him October 24th on an east wind on a 38 degree morning. And I'm going to be sitting in my saddle and I'm going to shoot him at 24 yards. Mm. I like all those things. That's that's what I'm gonna be. That's what I'm gonna be hit because he's. I mean, it's clockwork, guys. East wind, he's coming in, and that's another thing. Quick tip: always pay attention to the east wind because it's not a very common wind, and it really gets bucks on their feet, and they don't really know how to act sometimes. So definitely pay attention for your east winds, and make sure you have a couple of stands set up for an east wind. I promise you, you'll thank me later. There you go. Well, uh, if people want to keep up with you for what you're doing uh with filming and all that sort of stuff where can they where's the best place to follow you and keep up with you so tiktok and instagram guys um you guys can follow me on at midwest pursuit um midwest underscore pursuit 05 and then on uh youtube i haven't really posted much but i'm going to i've posted a couple reels but that's gt underscore hunts and yeah that's that's the social medias guys and if you guys want to add me on snapchat Hold on, give me two seconds. I'll tell you my snap. My we snap don't have is, any, we don't have any sixteen year old girls on here. So you would I have like <laughs> I, I have had six people add me from your podcast. Really? Yeah. I, I actually one of them is a good buddy that I actually went and met just because of your podcast. I did not know he was even in existence. And he's from Ohio? He's forty minutes from me. Dude, frick yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's gonna be watching this too. I'll shout I'll shout him out. Hunter Simons. Oh That's heck yeah. Name. That's awesome. Anyways. Uh, my uh snapchat is g foley 2431 so if you guys want to get on there i post some cool things on there sometimes too. yeah if you're 18 year olds uh, and above and you're a brunette <laughs> woman 
uh, blonde. You know. Oh, blonde. Sorry. Okay, yes, never mind. Blonde. Yeah, this guy's shallow. So don't do it, ladies. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So everybody, go check out. Uh, go check out Gabe's stuff, whether it's on YouTube or any of their socials. Uh, and uh, make sure to leave us a rating or a review if you enjoyed the episode. This was just about Muley and uh, Whitetail in Nebraska. Uh, a little bit out of the comfort zone, but you know, hey, keep getting stretched, keep learning, keep growing, and uh, keep enjoying it. Hopefully, we we'll get to get up to Nebraska one more time this year, and uh, hopefully, put some on the ground. But thanks for uh, thanks for checking us out, guys, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Hunter's Advantage podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.